Mindy Peterson, and this is Enhanced Life with Music, where we explore the ways music makes our lives better. Today, we are talking about enhancing our productivity with music. I always especially love spotlighting areas where music overlaps with another topic that I'm especially passionate about. And I am definitely an efficiency geek. <laughs> a couple years ago, I discovered a podcast on productivity that I got hooked on, partly because the host of this podcast really got that our goal in being efficient is not just getting more done, but the goal is living fully and being intentional and in living a meaningful life. That podcast is called Beyond the To-Do List, and it's hosted by Eric Fisher. As I've listened to this podcast over the last couple of years, I've noticed that Eric is a music lover. <laughs> and this was especially clear on a recent episode where he was interviewing an author and Eric kept coming back to examples involving music. And I thought, yes, this guy really loves music and he gets the power of music in our everyday lives. I am so thrilled that Eric himself agreed to be a guest on this show and is joining me today from Indiana to talk about music and productivity. Eric Fisher has produced and hosted the Beyond the To-Do List podcast for over 10 years, which is longer than many of us have known what a podcast is. Eric brings to his audience all the productivity experts, along with their strategies, tips, and hacks for our personal and professional lives. Welcome to Enhanced Life with Music, Eric. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Well, Eric, like I mentioned, your affinity for music is apparent to anyone listening to your podcast. On this show, we talk about how music can make our lives better, whether we consider ourselves musicians or not. And a lot of times I'm talking to experts within the music field, and I know you love music, but it's not your day job. And so I'm really excited to talk about this topic from your perspective. And just starting out, can you tell us what your relationship with music is, whether you have any musical musical training in your background, when you became aware of and especially interested in music, how you discovered music can boost your productivity. Tell us about your background with music. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I'm going to try and be as brief with this as I can, because there's a <laughs> lot of uh, as I was thinking back through my music superhero origin story, there were a lot of, you know, meaningful beats to it, <laughs> figuratively and literally, I guess. <laughs> and so I, I guess it starts with it's in my genes. My grandparents, especially my grandfather, um, I grew up with he had a grand piano in the house and played it constantly when we were there. And it was, you know, I would hide underneath the piano while he was playing and just hear it reverberate. And, you know, I had no clue what music was. I just knew that it was something that was constant and it was always around. It was part of the atmosphere of that house. Mm -hmm. And uh, my grandmother played as well. They had different horns and things. They grew up, both of them, as part of families that were involved with the Salvation Army and obviously then the Salvation Army band. Mm -hmm. And so then my mom, in, she inherited that. Uh, and honestly, the first time I ever encountered the musical Sound of Music, I thought, why is my mom singing on this radio? What, <laughs> why? And my mom had a, a at least a little bit of a similarity visual wise to Julie Andrews, but oh, she wow. definitely could sing like her. Wow. And, <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it was kind of almost an oppressive thing in some senses because it was like, oh my gosh, that's my mom. And she's got that. Once I kind of came to terms with, oh, 
she's a really good singer when it comes to like this, like it was an undiscovered, you know, talent or tool or whatever. It was just, it was very, very interesting. And so then obviously as I grew up, my mom was very encouraging and um, often nudging somewhat forcefully to do, (laughs) you know, musically inclined things like choir and church and things like that. Piano lessons didn't really take, but we did, we all, you know, myself and my two brothers, we played a lot uh, and learned different things on the grand piano at my grandparents. We had a piano in our house at some point for for a, a stretch of time, but none of us ever, the three of us ever really felt like we could master or do the lessons that we were given. It just didn't stick. Um, and I don't know, you know, that's one of those things you look back and you're like, man, I kind of wish I had stuck with that. That would have been sure. really cool. You know, yeah. a lot of people have that regret, but whatever. Uh-huh. But I did take the uh, French horn in fifth and sixth grade and got pretty good with it. I was doing pretty well with it. And, you know, going into junior high, the awkwardness of being in junior high, that kind of, you know, went out the window fairly quickly. But (laughs) by that point, I was already recording songs off the radio and, you know, scrolling up and down the dial and hitting record when something would, you know, come on and I'd be like, Ooh, Uh this sounds cool. And just capturing it and then replaying it. And, you know, basically that (laughs) over time, um, morphed into making mixtapes of things that I recorded off either the radio or CDs that I borrow from the library and sitting in my room and pouring over liner notes on different things like that. But yeah, that, that is kind of the, that that's kind of the foundation, I guess Uh is the best way to put it is, you know, childhood up through junior high. And then I started to become aware of, Oh, I really like this. Like, you know, being a reclusive introvert that (laughs) was in his room, listening to music on CDs and just branching out into all these different directions and, and I think that was around the time I discovered the Beatles and realized, oh, they're doing something on a whole other level here. And in fact, I've heard other people copying them without knowing it <laughs> all this time. And it kind of became this key that unlocked everything up till that point. There is more, but I'm going to pause <laughs> just to okay. see if you have any sure. comments or questions. Yeah, no, it's just so fun to hear everybody's story. And when you mention your grandparents having that piano and hearing it when you're in that house and music was just kind of infused in the experience of being a part of that house, you know, it just reminds me of how influential our behavior is on the young people in our lives, because you could have had parents and grandparents who forcefully nudged you, as you mentioned. <laughs> I love that because that, that was me as a mother. <laughs> um, but, you know, just experiencing how much your grandfather loved music and implemented it into his life was, I'm sure, hugely influential on you, maybe without you even realizing it. Now, I know you've mentioned in podcast episodes before how when you were in college, I think you had a semester off school. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned this experience of working in a, a warehouse, I think, and using music to really kind of transform your perception of time. Was that sort of the first time that you remember or recall using music to sort of enhance your productivity or just your life experience of a certain, in this case, a job? That's exactly right. I'm glad you brought that up because that really is kind of the next beat. There's a little bit of a coda, not a coda, like a pre, you know, preamble to that, which is, uh, so once I noticed 
and, and became aware of how much I liked music. I didn't, I, I, I kind of leaned into it. Part of, part of the gig of going to that warehouse every day was I would walk by the library on the way there and back. So in the morning, I would be dropping things off <laughs> into the, the book drop. And on the way home, I would stop and I would look more things up. And these were rudimentary days of the internet. You could get them, but there was interlibrary loan. So if I found something I liked, they, I could request it be sent to this library, things like that. Yeah, you could be me talking right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, I am a total library nerd. <laughs> yeah, so I'm branching out. Like At that point in time, I definitely was already a huge Beatles fan, branched out into U2. I you know, I had a very big affinity for the oldies, which at that time meant the 60s and 70s only. Yeah. <laughs> and some of the 50s. That's what sure. that meant at that time. Yeah. Um, and so and so growing up in the 80s and 90s, I had some of that already. But yes, the warehouse for a while, for a few months there, I was working in the warehouse and I was working packing up packages and that didn't necessarily have any kind of um, enjoyment to it at all. And yeah. I thought, oh my gosh, these days are dragging on. Well, uh-huh. luckily for me, I got to move off that desk and I got to be somebody who would restock shelves. And as I was going around, I was able to then, I was allowed to use headphones. So suddenly I'm listening to music in a way that is changing my perception of the time passing. And it just felt like time travel. Like the days would fly so much faster because I had the right kind of music. Now that's the thing is like, it depended on which music it was sometimes but up until that point, I'd kind of, you know, it used it to lift my mood or used it to find solace in different things that, you know, all the different thing, ways that you can use music that aren't necessarily a productivity use. Uh-huh. But this was the first time I had a clue that, oh, music can alter our perception of time. And that is a very powerful thing. Sure. Well, and it probably was enhancing your productivity from the standpoint of you're enjoying your time more. I know I've had jobs that are so boring that it's mind numbing. And you, I just would get to the point where I felt like my mind was not functioning anymore because I was so bored. <laughs> and if you can keep your mind engaged in other ways, then it keeps you sharp for when you do need to use your brain for your job, even if the job is boring in the sense that it's mainly, say, manual labor that doesn't require mental activity. Yeah, exactly. At some point I came across, and you may have had somebody else bring this up on the show before, but there's a Kurt, there's a, actually a couple Kurt Vonnegut quotes. And one of them that I thought of while I was thinking about this was, he says, music to me is proof of the existence of God. It is so extraordinarily full of magic. And in tough times of my life, I can listen to music and it makes such a difference. Uh, I have not had that come up on the podcast before. So I'm yeah. glad you mentioned that. I love that. I'll have to look that quote up. Yeah. He's, he has another one, too, that kind of ties in. He says, if I should ever die, God forbid, let this be my epitaph. <laughs> the only proof he needed for the existence of God was music. Wow. Yeah. Love those. So yeah. it was around this time that I suddenly found, wait, music has power. And I was unaware of it up until this point. I was kind of playing with it. it. It was like, oh, the fire kept me warm up until that point. But then I realized, oh, I get kind of the science behind this, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. So since that time, 
What are some of the ways that you have found that you can implement music in your personal life, your professional life? Do you have favorite ways to use music to enhance productivity or enrich your life? Yeah, there's a lot of different ways. So there's a couple different directions I can go here. One is um, I love to drive. And for a while there, post-college, I had a job where I was a courier and would drive an hour a day, twice, five times a week. And then do other things at that building and, you know, deliver packages, things like that. But that was like two, that was 10 hours of drive time a week suddenly that I was like doing, I was basically doing carpool karaoke (laughs) (laughs) and it was super fun and it would make it go fun. It would make it go super fast. It was enjoyable. And, you know, and, and the thing is, is like one of the trips home each day was in the evening from like 1030 to 1130 at night. I don't want to be listening to calm music at that time. Yeah, sure. Even though I <laughs> should be starting the to road. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was all about, you know, curation and deciding, you know, what's the upbeat music that's going to keep me awake at that time. Music has a lot to do with mood and motivation. So motivation's another thing that can help. Like if I'm just dragging, it just makes sense. Like I've got certain playlists that I've got set up. It's like, I'm trying to, um, I'm pausing to try and not say the words out loud so that um, speakers that play those things don't hear me call them (laughs) (laughs) into action while we're recording. But I'll say, hey, device, there you go. That doesn't trigger anything. Hey, device, play this playlist and I'll call it by name and it'll then, you know, do that. And once in a while, I'll change those playlists up. But it's like, as soon as that first, you know, beat of that first song hits, it's like, there you go. And Uh you know, I've got certain ones. There's, there's certain albums that I've found that are like, you know, it's maybe electronica or something like that. That's got like, it's a 35 minute playlist or the whole album's 35 minutes. And it's like, it's a perfect duration to say, okay, I'm going to sit down and do this one thing. And it's going to take me maybe a half hour. Mm -hmm. And that album from start to finish, once it ends, it's like, Oh, break time. Oh, interesting. I've heard, I've heard parents say that they will ask their kids to clean up for one song. So that's sort of a similar concept. Oh, that's brilliant. I got to use that. (laughs) I know. And and the thing is, is I can tell that my habits are running, you know, rubbing off on my kids because they love listening to music. They're, they're humming earworms that they've heard in the car with us. But my son, who I have to ask to clean his room all the time, um, he will put music on in his room and then he can spend time in there and clean and, and do things like that. So mood and motivation, um, setting, a, you know, a certain time duration, um, resetting your mind. Like, and here's the thing. One of the things that I want to call attention to is sometimes, um, Like I did this morning, actually, and I actually thought about this while I was walking. I took a walk outside around the block. It takes about 15 minutes to do a full rotation. Often I, in the past, would go out and have headphones in and I would either listen to music or a podcast. Mm -hmm. Podcasts, man, that wreaks havoc on your music listening time. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole other uh, topic right there. But uh, I went out and I had nothing in my ears and I thought, I'm just going to go and walk in silence. And so that's another way. I know that's the absence of music, but it actually is, the the key here is intentionality. Mm 
It's that I'm going to go outside and I'm going to walk without background noise that uh-huh. I am pumping into my ears, you know? Well, and there's a song about that, the sound of silence. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's some of the different ways. Now, one of the things I actually didn't mention in my whole background there was at some point in, I think it was around that junior high time, I started falling asleep listening to music and I have mm. ever since. Oh. It's a habit for better or for worse, it drowns out, you know, friends and roommates and wives <laughs> snoring uh, and my own snoring, I guess, for others. But uh, and, and I have listened to podcasts going to sleep, too. I've kind of put them on a sleep timer. Yeah. I do the mu- I do that with the music as well. Um, the form and function of it has changed over time, but it started off as just, oh, this kind of distracts my mind at the end of the day and helps me fall asleep quickly. And there would be times where I would suddenly find I'd remembered or inadvertently almost through osmosis memorized certain albums because I would play them as I'd go to sleep. And then I'd wake up and be like, wow, I really know this. And I didn't know it that I knew it. Well, yeah. I mean, there's some interesting studies in science on how sleep affects our memory. And so I imagine whatever you're hearing as you're falling asleep can feed into that somehow. Yeah. This is Bob Bender, host of the Business Side of Music podcast. Check out our show where we talk about all things related to the music industry. We laugh, we share memories, we discuss what's worked and what didn't work. Our industry is always evolving and can never be locked inside a box. From the rookie fresh off the bus to the well-seasoned professional wondering which new direction to take their career, our show covers all the bases. Join us as we chase this elusive animal we like to call the music industry. Check us out at businesssideofmusic.com. This is a quick break to tell you about my new favorite energy bar, a bar that has combined two of my favorite things, music and food. Jam Bar is a certified organic whole food bar that was created by Jennifer Maxwell, a food science and nutrition expert, athlete, and musician. Jennifer was also co-creator of the original iconic Power Bar in the 1980s that launched the entire energy bar industry. Jennifer's love for music inspired the creation of Jam Bar, and you can see that reflected in the music-themed flavors that include musical mango, jam and jazzleberry, chocolate cha-cha, and malt nut melody. One of the things I like best about these bars, besides the great taste, is that they are higher in protein and less sweet than the all-natural bars I found in the past. Each Jam Bar is packed with 10 grams of protein and is minimally sweetened with only all-natural sweeteners. Jam bars are non-GMO and gluten-free, and two of the four flavors use plant-based protein for a dairy-free option. On top of all that, Jam Bar donates a whopping 50% of net profits to programs that support the art of music and active living. For a convenient way to eat whole foods on the go while supporting causes that are making the world a better place, join me in reaching for Jam Bars. Available at Amazon, select retailers, and jambar.com. Links are in the show notes. You mentioned how music can alter our time perception. It can alter our mood. Are there any thoughts that you have on the relationship between how music and productivity intersect with factors like stress management and creativity. Yeah. Well, and and here's the thing. I think that 
again, this is why I have different playlists set up. So um, when I want to be creative, again, sometimes it's about focusing on the task at hand and and I have tools for that. There's a certain tool that I use that gets you in a certain brain wave length or brain I don't know, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> and I, want, and, I mean, I'm, I think I know what you're talking about and I want to yeah. come back to that, but keep yeah. going. So that, so we can come back to that one. I want to put that aside, but yeah. we often, I, what I have found, cause I also have, a, I have diagnosed ADHD and this plays a factor into that, okay. but it does for other people as well, regardless, cause we all have symptoms of that to a certain extent based on technology mm-hmm. these days. It's just sure. a fact uh, in my mind, at least um, it has a lot to do with resetting things. It's Mm. kind of why sometimes when you walk through a room or the doorway to a room, you're like, now what did I come in here for? Yeah. And you've got to reset. You've got to pull your attention back. It's all about intentionality. And so what I was talking about earlier of, you know, your mood or how motivated you feel or how energetic you feel, or if you just feel like you're distracted or whatever, it comes down to having a certain amount of you know, in momentum, it's, it's almost like unleashing a wave and then you ride it like mm. a surfboard. Ooh, I like that. And so, <laughs> you, you know, imagine, um, I guess let's go with this. Let's, let's, let's lean in on this. So imagine that music is this big wide l- wall and with all these different doors and you go up to them and you decide, okay, I'm feeling this and I want to feel this or need to feel this uh-huh. in order or think this way in uh-huh. order to do this. One, it takes self-awareness of who, you know, who I am and how I feel right now, awareness of what I need to do and where I need to go. And so then you walk along and you say, oh, there it is. And then you push the button and it the the water just pours out and you grab your surfboard and jump on and just ride it. Yeah. Um and and that helps because one, if you're in a, I mean, if you're just in a funk, one, music can really pull you out of it. Or two, music can really help you stay there if you want to wallow in it, if that's a creative, you know, function for you. And I don't, that could, yeah, and that you know, can be helpful in processing it yes, too. Yes. And stay and sit in it mm-hmm. and have the music kind of help you work through it. Yes. That's one of the other, you know, I don't want to just say, hey, music makes me happy and you know, it makes me feel good all the time. No, music makes me feel period. Mm-hmm. And it's about which thing you need to do. Do I need to use it to process something or do I need it to lift me up out of? Do I need it to distract me from how I'm feeling sort of, or do I need it to help me really lean in and be creative? You know, so if I want to mm-hmm. play, I don't know, funk music, <laughs> if that helps you be creative or something, I don't know, yeah. or classical, like actually here's another function of, of that. If you want to be creative, one of the things you can do is play certain kinds of music because music, much like smell, is another sense that is tied into memory. And I can't hear certain types of classical music without feeling like I'm sitting back at the kitchen table in my grandparents' house that I talked about earlier mm-hmm. and feel like I just woke up after sleeping in and and woke up there at their house and it's time for breakfast and there's a public radio station playing classical music. And so that yeah. brings me right back there and I can be really nostalgic about it suddenly. Well, those are some really insightful, practical ways about how to use and utilize music as a very functional tool in your life. And I love how you talk about sort of using music for getting momentum, for falling asleep, for staying awake, 
for being creative, for processing sad feelings. I mean, there's so many different ways to use music. I know there's certain music I listen to every night as I'm winding down. It's it's like um, Spotify playlist for Enya because it's like that kind of music just helps me wind down. Mm-hmm. And it's totally different than music I listen to when I'm cleaning or when I'm driving or you mentioned classical music when I and also kind of hitting the reset button for some reason sitting through live classical music for me is like a massage for my brain. I just walk out of there feeling like I have homeostasis, like everything has been equalized. I have equilibrium again. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I love how you talk about all of these different functions and how we can be intentional about using music to accomplish the end goal that we want. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much power to it. And again, it's, it's really all about, again, recognizing what the state is that you're in currently, what the activity is that you need and what state is required for that. And then Uh basically picking and choosing and moving that direction. And again, it may be, you know, there may be one artist or something like that, that has, that runs the spectrum for you, which is kind of cool. Yeah. All right, let's go back to that tool that you were mentioning. Um, I one one question I was going to ask, and we kind of hit this a little bit. Are there any specific tools or apps or technologies that you recommend for individuals who are looking to utilize music for productivity? And you sort of alluded to one. Go ahead yes. and tell us about it. Yeah. Well, aside from really good noise canceling headphones, which come in handy all the time, whether you're mm-hmm. out and about working here or there or need to block out people that are working in the same home as you uh-huh. uh, and you need to be productive in that sense. And, and honestly, it just helps you hear the music that you're listening to better. One of the tools that I have found for years now really works for me is Brain FM. Mm. And it's essentially music that is scientifically proven to increase focus it's it's not necessary well it is music and it isn't it's it's there's no lyrics there's no singing there's no sound design in it that is going to sound close to as i think they've explained it before to me like a human voice because that can be somewhat distracting and pull you out of it yeah but what it's what it is is it is essentially they worked with academic institutions and ran experiments and observed the effects of the brain using EEG machines and MRI machines as certain types of sound design. And when I say sound design, that makes it sound like it's not music. No, it actually is. There's all different kinds like classical and electronic and things like that. But okay. they did a test about, you know, they did a test with this alongside of a placebo and they found that by choosing one, different styles of music, but also, more importantly, different outcomes. So, for example, there's one that's for resting. Mm. Um, there's one for uh, napping. There's for focus. There's for creativity. And what it does is it gets you, essentially, it's called phase locking, neural phase locking. As you listen to the music, it gets your brain locked into that phase where it's easier for it to do certain tasks. I know you've mentioned Brain FM on your episodes, and mm-hmm. I, I need to dig into that because it does sound really fascinating. Yeah. And and it's not, I mean, it, some people may have heard of binaural beats in the yeah. past. Yeah. It's not that. It is, okay. it's got a much stronger effect. And I had tried that before and had a little bit of an effect with it. But when I came across this, I realized, oh, 
okay, so this means that I can use, I can get results. I, I really only use it when I want results. I kind of liken it to, especially with the productivity aspect of it, I like to think of it as the the Clivesdale horses where they've got those blinders on their eyes. Yeah, so they yeah. only look forward. It's kind of like that. It, it kind of removes that fight or flight mechanism okay. from your brain and keeps you seated in the place where you are staring straight ahead and getting the thing done that you need to get done. That's the, mm-hmm. that's the focus aspect of it. But like I said, I've used it to take naps that have been much more restful than regular ones. You can have it playing like for hours at, at a time at night and it will get you into a deeper sleep zone. Oh, wow. As well. So that's another option. Interesting. And that is an app, right? Yes. Okay. We'll definitely include links in the show notes to that. And like I said, I want to dive into that and check that out on my own too. There there was a former guest um, quite a while ago on, on this podcast, Charlene Habermeyer, who curated a Spotify playlist that's um, really to help concentrate. Like if you're trying to get work done, it's classical music that's been specially selected for its ability to help you concentrate and focus. And when I interviewed her, it was sort of early on in COVID when all my kids, my, like my kids were here, my husband, like we were all right on top of each other. And so it was great timing. Cause I was like, Oh my goodness, sign me up for this. And I still use it. Like we were driving home on Saturday from, from Michigan, visiting relatives over the 4th of July. And uh, on the way home, my husband was driving, he had the radio going and I was trying to get some work done. And so just pop those earbuds in, turn that Spotify playlist on. And so I was listening to that music and able to completely focus on what I was doing without being distracted by the talk radio and music that he had going. Yeah. And and that's what gave me initially, well, there was something else I used to use, but then I found this. Actually, there's one other thing and you've probably never heard of this. Um, This is a productivity trick that I've heard that actually involves actual music. Hmm. And it was, it's, gosh, I don't know if I should even open this can of worms, but let's just say (laughs) this. I heard it from somebody and I tried it. What it is, is you find a singular song that you aren't going to hate after you do this. You put it in a playlist (laughs) by itself and you put it on repeat so that when it starts, it plays and it it gets you there. Like it, it, you know, whatever it is about that song, you want to be careful about the selecting of the song, but you pick that song, you start it up, you have it go. And then when it finishes, it starts over again immediately. And it kind of just creates this state of when this song is playing, I am doing this. And, you know, it's like if you're doing loops or, you know, if you were, if it was a super loud song or something, I have done it. I picked a particular U2 song and I had it go for, it was what a three and a half, something like that minute song. And I think I found that I did it for almost an hour one time. Really? And, and this would drive people nuts. Some people would be like, oh my gosh, no, I can't listen to the same song over and over and over again. I could totally do it. I think you got to try it. Yeah. I think you yeah. have to. And I think it might be, you either maybe haven't, one, you may, it may not be for you given. Two, it might be that you picked the wrong song by the wrong person and you don't want, you're careful to not ruin a song because you don't want to play it out, so to speak. Uh-huh, yep. But good music can't be played out, right? Let's, let's just live with that. Yeah, right? yeah. No, I'm with you. And as you're describing this, I'm thinking I've sort of unconsciously done this before. Like if I'm thinking, just kind of trying to process a certain topic, there could be a song that just is right. 
for whatever it is I'm contemplating and reflecting on and trying to work through. And I, sometimes I like if I'm in the car, I'll just like hit the repeat one, you know, tap, tap it until it gets to that. And it'll just keep repeating that same song because mm-hmm. otherwise it's like you get in this groove where you're really processing things and then it switches to a completely different song and you're like, no, no, let's go back. (laughs) Yeah. So I totally get what you're doing, what you're talking about. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. So that's, that's another, I I, I can't believe I hadn't even thought about that in a while. I haven't done it in a while, although I considered it because there was a song that kind of came out as a single by somebody a couple weeks ago, days ago. And I thought this might be another song like that. I just hadn't even thought about it that way. Yeah. Well, before we run out of time, just real quick, do you, like, in your opinion, do you have any ideas about what the future of music's role could be in enhancing productivity? Are there any new developments? Yeah, there's been so a couple things that tie together. And and again, I love the Beatles, so it all kind of comes back to them for me with that. I remember recently reading that with all the hype of AI recently, that there's been algorithms that have been able to clean up audio of John Lennon that now will be able to be used by Paul in a song that they never officially recorded or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Kind of like they kind of did that a little bit back in the day of, you know, the mid nineties with the Beatles anthology, but Mm -hmm. with AI enhancement, you know, knowing what it's supposed to sound like. I mean, again, I'm not going to pretend to know what I'm talking about here, but I think that's the, the way things are going. That's more of a, you know, archival and cleanup and use for current purposes kind of a thing. Uh-huh. But again, I'm, I'm curious if there's a way that like we talked about with Brain FM, if merging that with somehow AI in the coming future will be able to particularly, you know, there'll be, uh, you wear your, you know, an aura ring, which is yeah. another tool out there that senses mood, heartbeat, all these different yeah. kinds of things and works algorithmically with the ring to an AI to oh. headphones you have in that oh, wow. help you, you know, Oh, I can see your energy starting to dip. Let me play you some music that will perk you back up. Sure. And, you know, it'll, yeah. it'll know a bit enough about you with your consent to help you in that way, I guess is, is that's where I'm seeing things maybe go. Yeah. Well, and I, some apps are already starting to get there that are specially designed for the elderly, people with dementia, because that's an area where these people can really benefit from that, partly because that musical memory is the last to fade away. So even people who may not recognize their loved ones will still really respond to music. And so um, it'd be interesting to see what the latest developments are. But I, I know I've had people as guests on this podcast who are talking about sort of that type of an aspect, not quite to the point of like an aura ring, but um, yeah, moving that direction. So really fascinating stuff. Yeah. Well, I already told listeners a little bit about your your podcast, but before we close things out with a coda, what else do you want listeners to know about the Beyond the To-Do List podcast? Obviously, I'm a huge fan and I highly recommend it. Um, one thing that is interesting about my relationship with your podcast is it's one of those podcasts that I listen to regularly, just like as a guilty pleasure. It's not like I have certain podcasts that I listen to because I feel like I should because it's news and I want to stay informed or it's work related or it's like spiritual formation that I just I feel like I I, I want to be intentional about doing that. But yours is like, I just listen because I really enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I have those too. Yes. 
Yeah. So, yeah. So anything else that we haven't already mentioned about the beyond the to-do list podcast that you want to let listeners know? Yeah. I mean, ultimately it's not, it's, it's called beyond the to-do list because it's about the broad spectrum of productivity. It's often about not doing things. So if productivity has you feeling guilty about what you're, if you're doing enough or not, or you feel like you're not doing enough, I think you'll find a kindred spirit in me and my guests. Mm -hmm. That's not to say that we don't like say, okay, here's how to hustle at a moment's notice when you really need to. But it's not that is not the focus of productivity for me. And it's not what productivity is all about. This uh-huh. is all about living a better life. So it means knowing when to do things and when not to do things. And if you can imagine any kind of, you know, again, this this episode would have fit perfectly inside of my show. So mm. if, if you enjoyed this conversation, I think you'll enjoy the show. Yeah. Well, like I mentioned in my introduction of you, that's one reason that I love your podcast is you really get that it's not just about how can we pack more things into our day and be more efficient in that way. It's about how can we be intentional about living our life to the fullest and making the most of our minutes and our days, our hours. And those goals are going to be different depending on the person in terms of what you think, how you define meaningfulness and purpose. And so that's, that's one reason I love the show is it's all about maximizing your own life, whatever that means for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there'll definitely be a link in the show notes to the beyond the to-do list podcast. But as you know, I have all of my listeners close out our conversation with a musical ending, a coda by sharing a song or story about a moment that music enhanced your life. What do you have to share with us today in closing for our coda about a song or story about a moment that music enhanced your life? Yeah. Well, I know that I've talked a lot about the Beatles, but I did mention you two, and I would be remiss if I didn't bring up their song one, which came out in 91, 92, one of those two. I don't know. But again, this was at that point in time when, uh, and I didn't discover it till a few years later, but it was one of those high school moments where I just felt like, whoa, something's going on here. So Here's some context. U2, the band, they met and formed in high school in the late 70s. They came out with uh, six albums, became very successful in the 80s. The last one they did in the 80s was, was like part movie soundtrack, part concert film, and in some senses wasn't overly received very well. Their their image, their public image persona was becoming way more serious, which is not their personalities at all. And so uh, as they moved into the 90s, the 1990s, and they were all in their young 30s, they were trying to go away and dream it all up again, and they felt kind of stuck. So as the Berlin Wall was falling in Germany, they went to Hansa Studios, where David Bowie had recorded some great albums with Brian Eno, and they still felt stuck. But in that magic of a moment, they found that different snippets or melodies suddenly started to work together and something they were hitting on something. And, and so Bono lead singer starts making up lyrics and that started to unite things from all different sides. And they just kept going and going and, and working in it and working on it and working in it and continued to jam around for a while on that idea until it solidified into this, this song. And this the music to the song the tempo's slow but it's it's even paced it's it's not a ballad per se but it's and it's not a fast paced song either it's just kind of mid tempo in fact i actually i think i read an article recently that said that it's scientifically one of the best like paced songs for a lullaby because it's not oh, really? 
so slow that it like puts you to sleep immediately, but it's not so fast that it keeps you, you know, it gets your heart rate up, something like that. There's more to it for sure. But the lyrics along with that music are, they're specific and vague at the same time, which allows you to study it and, and get into the moment and mood of the song through the music. But then also you can attach to the true meaning of the lyrics as they were meant, but also attach your own meaning yeah. to the lyrics, like like any great song yeah. uh, allows you to do. And so the lyrics of the song have to do with breaking up and the consequences or, I guess, ramifications of that, as well as kind of the friction of can we stay together? Should we stay together? Are we together? How do we make that work? All the messiness and in between of all of that. And, and so it doesn't just describe the meaning of the song there or in and of itself as a story, but it's also a metaphor for what the band was going through at that time. They're like, are we done as a band now? I mean, most bands don't make it that long. And so that moment was the moment where they decided to stay together and move forward and continue to work as a band, not just as a band, but as friends from high school. And they still are a band, even to this very moment. In fact, they're the only one true band and longest running band that there ever has been because all four members, original members, are still in the group to this day. They started as four. They stayed as four. And it's 2023 right now as we're recording this. But in 2026, three years from now, they will have been a four-piece rock band for 50 years, which is something... That has never happened before. And so all of that to say, this is one of those, now this is not a song that I would play over and over and over again for productivity's sake, like I mentioned earlier, but it is one of those ones where every time I hear it, it just, it hits a little differently, or it also summons up nostalgia from when I was young, but then also decades, you know, a decade later or two decades later, or now three decades later, I think. It's one of those unique, like, all the pieces came together in the right way kind of moments that you can relive over and over when you listen to it. a little of the U2 song one. Thank you so much to Eric for joining us today and for explaining practical ways to leverage music to enhance our productivity and intentionally live a more meaningful life. All the links from our conversation are in the show notes, links to Eric's podcast, Beyond the To-Do List, more on Brain FM, a transcript of this episode, and links to the episodes we mentioned, including the episode with author Charlene Habermeyer, who curated a Spotify playlist for improved concentration, an app that is transforming dementia care with music, an app that dispenses music as medicine through a digital drip, and tips from a time management coach on accomplishing or helping our kids accomplish musical goals this summer. Today's show notes can be found at mpetersonmusic.com slash podcast. This is episode 162. All enhanced life with music episodes are evergreen. So check out the back catalog for more ways that music can make your life better. As always, you can connect with me on email, mindy at mpetersonmusic.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. I'd love to hear the practical ways music enhances your productivity. 
Until next time, may your life be enhanced with music.